Hi, my name is Wizzy Brown. And I'm Molly Keck. And we are with the Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service Department of Entomology. And this is Bugs by the Yard, where we hope to increase your enthusiasm about bugs in the urban landscape. On this episode of Bugs by the Yard, we're going to talk about scorpions. So we have 90 species of scorpions in the U.S. and we have about 18 species in Texas. So we we have a lot of them. Yeah. But, you know, if you think about it, only the striped bark scorpion is really the common one that everybody sees. I don't know if you guys have this in San Antonio, but around here we have that cave scorpion since Mm -hmm. we have all those rocky areas. Do you guys have that one too? We do. It's like black and yeah, it looks like a little mini emperor Mm -hmm. scorpion. Yeah. It's like a pretty shiny black color. Actually, we get a lot of those and people are like, I don't have any caves around me. I'm like, but in our area of, of Texas, we have karst features, which aren't like you think of a cave as something you can walk into or like spelunk down, but these are just outcroppings of limestone and that's where they come from. So you could have a typical backyard and have those cave scorpions and not realize you're sitting on top of cave-like features. Yeah. Well, and that's why people have to be careful about their pesticide usage in their yard as well, because if you have that karst feature in your yard, stuff goes straight down to the water table. Right. When I was looking at information on scorpions, it seemed like of course, you know, this is logical once you think about it. Cause it's like, the uh, there's 14 or so species of the scorpions in the big bend region. Okay. Hiding places. Totally makes sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because they're more desert and natural preserved area. And of course it makes sense that the majority of them are out there. But when we're talking about the common ones that we have, other than the the cute cave one that we both have in our areas, for most people across the state, they would probably be talking about striped bark scorpion. So do you want to tell them what that looks like, the overview of scorpion morphology? So scorpions in general are kind of elongated arachnids. They are arachnids, but they are not spiders because they're arachnids. They have two body regions, a head body kind of smushed together, and then an abdomen. And the legs are attached to the cephalothorax, which is the head body region. And they have four pairs or eight total legs. The abdomen elongates into a stinger, which can penetrate skin and pierce into other animals um, or insects. And the venom is what we react to and what is so incredibly painful. The other thing about uh, scorpions is that they almost, sometimes you think they have actually 10 legs, but they have these little pinchers in front that are modified mouth parts. So it's not actually a changed leg. It's a changed mouth part. And those are called pedipalps. When scorpions sting you, they sting, they do not bite. Cause right. I always, I, I was bitten by a scorpion. I get that a lot. And I'm just like, I doubt it. <laughs> You're a little big for them, but that's okay. <laughs> when scorpions eat, they grab that stuff in their little pedipalps and they're munching on it because they eat live prey. It, that's going to be like manageable live prey, not like human live prey. <laughs> I say that all the time too. Like things can bite you, but they don't, they know they can't take you as a human down. They're only going after what they know they can eat. So they eat things their size or smaller, but the scorpion of course is going to sting when it feels threatened by you or you step on it. 
Right. So the stinger they're using essentially for, well, either to defend themselves, if we're the stupid human that decides that we need to pick them up or something like that, or, or if their food is wiggling around too much, and then they'll bring that tail up over their head and they'll sting that. And that actually paralyzes their prey. So scorpions, they are predators. So I think scorpions are beneficial. They're one of those, they're beneficial as long as they're outside eating other arthropods and insects and things. But when they start coming inside and not that I kill them or anything, I usually scoop them up and chunk them back outside. They are beneficial as long as they're in their area doing what they need to do. Yeah. Cause the risk when they get inside is that you get stung by it. Your kids get stung or your dogs or cats get stung by it. Yeah. Usually the cats, cause they're trying to play with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and scorpions are nocturnal. I was talking to some people last week at a class that I gave and they were like, well, I know I have scorpions in my house. So what should I do? And I was like, get a black light. So if you have to get up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom, you can shine that black light on the floor (laughs) and that'll, that'll definitely help you. So with the the black light, for those of you that don't know, they actually will cause scorpions to fluoresce or glow. Mm -hmm. And I I think they're really pretty. I love that color that they turn because it's like a a pale kind of blue green color yeah, yeah. and they're just so pretty. Have you ever seen the like a mom with the babies on the back and they're yeah. glowing? The babies are a different color. They're like a almost a purplish color. Pinky, yeah. And oh, they're so cute. Yeah. As much as you maybe don't like scorpions, the babies are really adorable. And they're real sassy. Like like they're just they have all this attitude. Just cute. Well, and they should because they're capable <laughs> of stinging as soon as they get out of that little sack. So yeah, that's kind of a an important thing for them. It's like, hey, watch out! I can sting you. So they're nocturnal. They're going to be outdoors um, looking for their food at night. And when we're talking about them being in desert situations, so the the ones that are in Big Bend, that totally makes sense because coming out at night is going to help them manage the body temperature because these are cold-blooded animals. And it's also going to help them with their water balance. So if you're out in the hot sun, dry conditions all day, then that can really affect that water balance. And that's something that it's really important for arthropods to maintain so they don't die you know, hiding for them during the day is usually kind of what they do. And depending on the scorpions, you know, they'll go under stuff or dig burrows. Hide under piles of logs and places you're kind of afraid to put your hands anyway. Right. So if you are putting your hands in those places, you might want to put on some leather gloves before reaching in just to protect yourself. If you think about it, their bodies are actually really, really developed or, you know, kind of perfect for fitting into those little flat places because they're all like flattened and they're really kind of thin to the ground almost. Mm -hmm. They're just kind of, yeah, they kind of squeezing in there and they like, they squat down, their legs are always bent. So their bellies, their bellies almost rub on the ground. I think, don't they? Yeah. Well, they have those little, um, what are they called? Like pec, pectines or something? Those little plates. They almost look like little gill thingies or something Mm -hmm. that are on the underside of the body that kind of help them sense the environment. Mm -hmm. But it reminds me when I'm thinking of the scorpion kind of hunched over with its legs and everything, it kind of reminds me of the 
the face hugger from Alien, almost. <laughs> like, like wrapped around the head with the long tail. Yeah. <laughs> kind of what's in my brain. They can be active hunters. Again, this depends on the environment. I mean, if you're talking about dry desert conditions, then they're not really going to be wandering around too terribly much to look for food. But if you're talking about striped bark scorpions here in central Texas, then they can certainly wander off looking for food if they need to find it. And of course, it's going to depend on you know what they have in the immediate area. And like I said, they feed on other arthropods, uh, insects, spiders, centipedes. They'll also eat earthworms and they can eat other scorpions. Do you always get that question? Like, well, if you had this and this, who would win? Yes. There was even like a national geographic or animal planet even did a whole series on that. It was like a like a mini series or one of their programs was monsters versus whatever. And it was like putting them together and who would win. And they would, they wouldn't really actually put them against each other, but they would mark them. Like they had a a marking system, a grading system. And in the end, they said, Um, if they, if they went head to head, so-and-so. And and that's what I'm always, when when kids ask me that, it's like, they expect me to actually put my tarantula and my scorpion together. And I'm like, well, I don't want either one of them to die. So I'm not going to do that. So sorry, (laughs) you're going to have to do this experiment on your own sometime. But with the scorpions and the way that they eat, like I said, they do eat live food. And so then if they have it wiggling around too much, then they'll sting it and paralyze it. I don't know if this is true or not. But I've heard that you can gauge how venomous a scorpion is based upon the size of the pedipalps. Have you heard that? I've heard that a lot. And I also heard that from a guy that breeds tarantulas and scorpions and arachnids and I mean all sorts of stuff. And he has said the same thing. So if he's to be believed that the larger the pinchers, the less venomous they are. So it's like, like almost like a defense mechanism. You look scarier, but you're not actually that harmful. Yeah, I guess if they had the uh, larger pedipalps, then they maybe those are stronger and they can grab a hold of the food better so they can eat it. But if you have these little wimpy ones, then you need to have a more potent sting to make it stop moving. Maybe so. I don't know. I mean, I've always wondered about that. But again, I I don't want to test that hypothesis. (laughs) (laughs) Because the emperor scorpion has huge pedipalps, but it's supposed to be pretty benign of a sting, right? But they say that our Texas striped bark scorpion is one of the more venomous scorpions worldwide. It's not like the one that's going to really hurt you from when they're one like, you're not going to die. Yeah. You're not going to die. It hurts. You're really not going to die. Don't panic. Gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> but it is going to hurt. Have you ever been stung by a scorpion? I actually haven't. I have not either. Usually when people tell me that they've been stung by them, they're like, oh, it's kind of like a bee sting or a fire sting or something like that. It hurts Um, really bad in the moment. Yeah. And then I also, I had a friend that she got stung. She actually rolled over on one while she was sleeping. It was in her bed and she had no idea. Yeah. Not pleasant. And it stung her on her leg. And then like two days later, her arm Really? Numb. I have heard and that you have like a, away from the spot, but like a reaction way away from where you were stung. I, that's not the first time I've heard that. Like we said, these scorpions, you don't have to be completely paranoid. I mean, it, it is going to hurt and it may have weird effects. And of course, of course, 
anytime that something injects venom through biting or stinging, whether it's a fire ant or a bee or a scorpion, there's always the chance that you have some type of an allergic reaction to that. And if that is the case, then you are going to have a more severe reaction and you would need to seek medical attention. It's more of a wait and see how your body is going to react to yes. us because majority of people, it's just like, okay, you know, that hurt. Put some ice Not on pleasant. it. <laughs> yeah. Put some ice on it. You're good. The scorpions, so for mating and in lifespan, some scorpions can live up to 25 years, which is a really, really long time. But of course, those are going to be under perfect conditions. They have no predators that are going to be in the area. They have food provided to them, et cetera, et cetera. So in captivity, then that can certainly happen. But if we're talking about wild scorpions, they're typically going to live anywhere from about three to eight years. Which is still... An old yeah, which animal. is a really long time for a scorpion. I mean, that's insane. And then the other cool thing that I love, I mean, we mentioned earlier about the, the babies crawling on the mom's back. So the females will have a gestation of anywhere from five months to a year. And they give birth to live young, which is so cool that, you know, scorpions do not lay eggs. They actually give birth to live young and the little baby scorpions come out in these little sacks and then they'll kind of like pinch and chew at the sack and open it up and they'll crawl out and then they crawl onto their mom's back and they stay there for probably what, about like two weeks or so until they molt into the next stage and they're capable of hunting and defending themselves and that sort of thing. And probably too big to be carried by mom anymore. Yeah. She's like, okay, I'm done. Get (laughs) off me. And they will reach maturity in about a year. Uh, striped bark scorpions can give birth to usually around 30 baby scorpions. Could you imagine carrying 30 kids on you? I would just be like, no, this is not working. <laughs> not okay. And we mentioned earlier that the scorpions glow under black light. And like we said, it's a great way if you are hunting for scorpions, like if you're a researcher or something, I know that a lot of them will use that to hunt for scorpions and actually find them. It makes it really easy to do that. Or you can carry a black light with you when you go to the bathroom at night, if you know you have scorpions coming in your house. I did that once with Mike Merchant. We were in San Angelo once and he was doing like a research study on scorpions. So he went out to go collect them. And I had to tell him, I got to go to bed, dude. I'm too tired because he stayed out there forever. Mike is hardcore. Yes, he was. (laughs) So I was researching why they glow because I get that question all the time. And, you know, nobody really knows. There's a lot of hypotheses about it but nobody actually knows why they glow. Probably the best hypothesis that I found was it is a way for them to detect different types of light. And that helps them determine when it's nighttime versus daytime. And so they know when to come out and that sort of thing. But it's just something in their exoskeleton, something in the chitin, right? Because other insects can luminesce under a black light too. there are, yeah. It's in the the cuticle layer of the exoskeleton. So the exoskeleton is the outer structure of the scorpion. And the cuticle is kind of like the thin 
covering of the exoskeleton. And so there's a particular chemical in the cuticle layer of the exoskeleton that actually reflects the wavelength of the black light and causes it to glow. And as the exoskeleton gets harder, then the glow also kind of gets stronger. And that's why the babies are a different color yeah. than the, the mom is because they don't quite have that hardened exoskeleton. So as they reach adulthood, that glow actually will get harder and they do glow like after they're dead. Cause they still yeah. have that critical layer and whatnot. That's something that I just think is completely fascinating about scorpions and animals in general, or even plants. Cause there's plants that, that glow too. Right. Mm -hmm. I think so. Which is cool. When we're talking about scorpions outside under stuff and it could be under bark, it could be under flower pots. If you are bringing in plants from outside, <laughs> when it gets cooler and bringing them into the house, you definitely want to make sure that you're not bringing any hitchhikers because they, they can get into those certain things, but they can also climb up trees and walls and other structures like that. So it is possible for them to get into homes by climbing up a tree and crawling across a branch and dropping onto the roof. So mm -hmm. it is something that you, you do need to pay attention to because they can come inside. And like I said, that's when it can become problematic. They come inside all year round, really. But it seems like at least that's when I get the phone calls from the media. Like, well, I want to do a story about why we're having more scorpions. It's it's summertime. It seems to be in wintertime. And I could, only thing I can relate that to is just these drastic changes in weather, extreme heat, extreme cold, lack of moisture. They're cold. And so they're moving around, you know, but they are active 12 months out of the year. Yeah. And they're, they're just trying to find the resources that they need to survive. And that's just the same things that we need to survive. Yeah. So it's a great place for them to be too. When you're talking about their venom, I've always heard that the babies are actually worse to sting you than the, than the adults are because the babies don't have control over the venom that they can squirt out. So when they sting you, they just, it's all gone. Now there's less of it. Right. But the adult no self-control, just like no self-control, just yeah, exactly. And then the adults can have, they do control how much venom goes in. So they, they could give you more, but they could also give you less, but the baby's just, it's all out. So even though those babies are super cute, you don't want to mess with yeah. them. Yeah. And the, <laughs> they'll make more venom too. Like they, it's not like they sting you once and they can't sting you again. It's kind of like spit. You Eventually you can't spit anymore, but you'll make more spit again. That is a great analogy. <laughs> you will spit another day. Okay. <laughs> you can tell the difference between the males and the females. And this is sometimes hard if you don't have them side by side, but females are generally bigger. She's got to have more room for uh, raising those babies in her belly and holding them on her back, but her stinger will be shorter about the size of the length of her body. Whereas males are generally thinner and their stinger is much longer and is longer than the length of their body. I like rats measuring the rat tails. Yeah. <laughs> To wrap up on scorpions, we do have multiple species here in Texas, but they are perfectly fine when they're outside. If you get stung by them, you do need to monitor your health and make sure that you don't start having an allergic reaction. And if you do, then seek medical attention. 
but otherwise it's usually very similar to being stung by a bee or a fire ant. So if you are working in the yard, moving firewood or trimming trees, then wear some leather gloves anytime that you're reaching into various areas that scorpions might be hanging out. That way, if you do get stung, you are protected and they're not going to be able to sting through those leather gloves. And if they do, you're not getting as much. It's just going to be a little prick. Kind of like wearing bee gloves when you're beekeeping. Safety first. That's called personal protective equipment or PPE. We talk about it all the time with pesticides. And then to keep them out of the house, you know, definitely do exclusion. You can listen to our other podcasts that we have called Unwanted Guests. And we did one on exclusion specifically. So you can listen to that to get some more tips on that. So if you get them in your house often, you know, don't leave your pants on the floor and shake your shoes out a little bit. Oh, and if you leave your shoes outside, like my gardening shoes, I keep outside, shake those suckers out before you put them on your feet and shake them out well, because those, those guys can cling. Like, (laughs) like my husband's gotten them in his boot before, and then he would put his boots on. He was like, what is at the, his toe? Well, he thought he shook it out, but he didn't. And his foot smashed it, thankfully. So when he reached in, he pulled out a dead one, but They hold on. They don't let go really easily. So shake hard. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Bugs by the Yard. We hope that you learned some interesting information about scorpions and have come to appreciate these animals just a little bit more. For more information, you can go to extensionentomology.tamu.edu. We'll catch you next time.